meditate on him the past hours and i believe that uh, you can prepare to have more than just a meeting you can prepare not to check the box that you attended but you can prepare to meet God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, if if you have spiritual ears and you have spiritual eyes you will know that behind all the things that are happening in the natural there is a highway that is being raised hallelujah there is a highway there is a place to tread with God Almighty. There is a place of transformation. And there is a place of encounter. That God is availing. Everybody say amen. God is doing what? Availing, making it available. For for all of us who are willing to get on that highway. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, I've come to discover that however much you want, however much you want, you, you cannot wake up somebody from spiritual slumber. It takes the Holy Spirit himself to touch somebody's life and bring somebody out of one state into another state. And I've come to to depend so much on the Holy Spirit. Because you come to a place where you know that if anything is done without him inclusive prayer inclusive even the ministry of the word whatever we do whether here or out there if it is without the freshness of the spirit it is disqualified work it's wasted effort Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And uh, for you to come for a night of prayer. These are seasons that God has appointed for his people to, to draw near to him. Um, this is not a church program. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You, you can actually sit as a church program. It's possible to have that side of it. But if you begin to see that these are appointments that God calls us to. 
Hallelujah. Amina. If there were church programs, I mean we can make as many as we want. Make them available and start to to run around every day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um so many things happening now. There are so many programs that came into full force after the reopening of the entire country. The bars began their programs, the musicians began their programs. Now you see trucks and all kinds of cars passing through uh, villages telling people about concerts. And then you also see so many advertisements of churches about this program, that program, that program. But something is unique when God sets his own appointments. Did you hear that? When God makes the appointment himself. And he says, this is my appointment. Hallelujah. He did that in the Old Testament. He told the men of Israel to come to him three times a year. You know, and they stood before the tabernacle. Those were his appointed times. He created the feasts, which were also appointments. So it's very good for us to discern the appointments we are having with God at a corporate level. At a personal level. Hallelujah. Hosea chapter 12. Sorry, chapter 10. Verse 12. I want to build on what Pastor began with or shared last Friday. And I'll share two things. One from here and something else, and then we continue to pray. Hosea chapter 10 verse 12 says, Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Pastor shared about this last Friday. And I just felt the Holy Spirit uh, asking me to build on this. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Uh, I do not know how many of us this week. Since last Friday. 
You have some newly plowed ground. Newly plowed. You have gained territory. You have built capacity that you never had last week. You have it today. The commitment to build spiritual capacity is going to make a big difference in your life. The commitment to plow into new areas of your life is going to make a big, big difference. You can come for overnight and try and plow. And you'll plow a little and feel that freshness and say, wow, it was a wonderful overnight. But when you start to plow every day, every day, you are not having just sweet devotion. You are not just saying, let me wake up and have my devotion from three to four, four to five. But you determine to plow every day. To break fallow ground every day. You will find capacity building happening. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Our biggest challenge in God is building consistency and staying power. Power. The ability to push yourself beyond what you know. That is our biggest challenge. And it's very hard to break fallow ground without learning how to push. Hello. It's very hard. In fact, it's normally more convenient. To plow where you have plowed before. It feels very nice. Have you ever put a hole where the soil has already been turned? Do you you feel how that hole moves so easily through that turned soil? The farmers like us are now preparing for rainy seasons. That's what they call okuwala. Okuwala kata. Where someone is just passing the hole on the ground moving weeds. Then there's okukabala. Where he goes a bit deeper. When you go in ground which is already it feels so easy 
you know I, I got a young man to do some work and I took him to a certain place to do some work there and he seemed scared when he saw the ground some of us need to look at our own ground and face the fact it is hard hard ground Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it that sometimes someone can be in a meeting seemingly praying enjoying the presence of God worshiping but when they leave the meeting it's as if somebody just pulled a rubber band and then snapped and it went back to normal when you leave the meeting you go through days where you cannot replicate the experience you had in the meeting on your own You came for the overnight. overnight. You prayed from 10. You worshiped all the way to midnight. You felt no fatigue. Yet you had a long day. But you were moving. But the moment Saturday hits in the morning and the week starts monday you cannot replicate the same experience on your own a few minutes on your own you are sleeping a few minutes on your own you are distracted in your mind what, what does that point to hard ground hard ground you you are doing kuwala katering you are not kukabaring you are not breaking the ground tokabala taka praise the lord There is so much weakness on a personal level. Where you find so many believers. Their hands have not been made strong. In They have no staying power. But what do we do? we have even the reasonability to go to battle huh? we go to battle with hands that have never been made strong you, you look at this verse i've just given you. Um, let me just show you verse 11 and Ephraim is as a heifer that is taut 
era Efraim Mutendu he is us he loves to tread out the corn but i passed over upon his fair neck do you understand this verse Ephraim loves Ephraim to tread the corn. It's as if he's a haifa, a young cow, a bull that has been trained to plow. But when they went to check on his neck, he still had a fair neck. A bull that has been used to plow does not have a fair neck. The yoke has removed the hair. There's something rugged about a used bull. And so many of us are going into battle with a fair neck, hands that have not been made strong in prayer. So what does God say? He changes the order of things. He says Ephraim will not plow. Ephraim will ride. Read it, it's in the same verse. He changes. Ephraim is too weak. But it's as if he's taught. This is what I said on Wednesday. That somebody has practiced overnights for years since they got saved. You expect someone to be seasoned at prayer. But they are still desiring practice. It's as if they are taught. But they still have a fair neck. This is the challenge we are having as a body of Christ. It took you about three or four lessons, I'm sure, Karugaba, to learn how to cut a frog. Four practicals. And you are dissecting frogs and, and exposing which vein and which one and which one. They don't give you 20 practicals at HSE. They don't. They don't. They'll give you one to demonstrate it to the next yours. The next thing you learn is some cutting one. Am I right? Some of you dissected cockroaches. Am I right, Dr. Peshaw? How many practicals did you have? Cutting cockroaches. One practical. How many practicals have you had on prayer? The heart. Is a very, very dangerous thing. So, you know, the Bible says in verse 12, let's leave verse 11. That, that one was a bonus for you. So, to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy. Break up the fallow ground. It is time to seek the Lord. Before they talk about the topic of seeking God, the direction, the instruction, 
They place your footing in righteousness. To sow in righteousness. To try and start it from the other side is not the right way. Start it from the way they have put it. So in righteousness. Do you know how many people are praying in wickedness? Wickedness. And when I say wickedness, you might be thinking I'm talking about people who are deep in wickedness. But I'm talking about people who are not letting go of what the Holy Spirit is pointing at and saying, let go of it. You cannot move beyond the point of conviction which the Holy Spirit last put in your life if you have not dealt with that conviction. And the amazing thing about conviction is this. If you do not act on it now, it wends away. It decreases away. Sooner or later, the area where Holy Spirit was convicting you becomes normal. You have lost conviction. And if you continue in that direction, your conscience becomes seared. You have no inner voice anymore to change the course you are on. You can't move beyond that place of conviction. When the Holy Spirit points at something in your life, remember your prayers. God removed those limitations. He's showing you the limitations. When you're in warfare and you're saying, I break the limitation, and you're saying fire on the limitation, and the Holy Spirit comes and says that thing, he's answering your prayer where you are breaking. And unless you shift in that area, no more. So sow in righteousness. Everybody says sow in righteousness. And that is deliberate. It is intentional. Because anyone who is sowing does not sow by mistake. You start to do acts of righteousness intentionally. Because you know you are seeking the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because you are seeking the Lord. You start to do righteousness. And then you will reap in mercy. Hallelujah. You reap in mercy. Righteousness draws mercy. Hallelujah. Remember when we were learning from Colossians chapter 3. About the things the sons of disobedience do. Which makes them qualified for wrath. The works of the flesh. 
But in righteousness, what are we drawing? We are drawing what? Mercy. How many of you need mercy? You know some people think mercy is for the weak. Lamentation says because of his mercies that fail not, we are not consumed. Then it says break up your fallow ground for it is time to seek the Lord. Let me tell you what real seekers do. Real seekers look for fallow ground. That's what real seekers do. They look for fallow ground. And it's interesting how the Bible puts the farming together with the spiritual using the farming to teach you the spiritual thing. And the plowing aspect representing prayer breaking that ground in seeking God. Hallelujah. So if I'm looking for area that is unplowed it means that I have to give myself to prayer to the extent to which I can find the fallow ground. Now those of you who have done a lot of praying who have practiced some tiring prayer you will know and agree with me that you have discovered that True prayer is a journey in the spirit, right? Prayer is not an event. Prayer is not just an activity. Prayer is a movement in the spirit. Amen. That's one aspect of prayer. And the Bible shows it by how it speaks about prayer. Talks about the high places of Zion. Talks about the highways. Talks about they shall mount up. Things like that. They tell you it's a rising in the spirit. It's a journey. So I can start to pray here. And my flesh will want to tell me, stop now. You have prayed enough. Your one hour is over. But I I have a revelation. I am not praying to fulfill time. I am a seeker of God. I am looking for fallow ground. So time becomes irrelevant and I enter the realm of eternity where I am led to the fallow ground and I can start to break the fallow ground. And that's the place in prayer when I start to sense something new is happening to me. I'm telling you, you will pray and you will come to a place when you will know by experience within you that something new is happening to you because you are now breaking unbroken ground.
Now, very few people have, uh, make this a habit of their life. Very few. Very few. Many of us pray according to the o'clock. The o'clock determines when you start and when you stop. And that's why fallow ground is intact. The things in your life are the same. There is no journeying in the spirit. There is no lifting in, in faith. Hello. You know in the lockdown, lockdown, there's a church nearby my home. God told me one morning, go there and pray. So I walked to the pastor's place. I told her what God had told me. And she allowed me to pray there. And uh, I began to pray there. And I would start seven o'clock sometimes. After my devotion with the children at home. And the Lord gave me instructions. He said, don't sit down. I want you on your feet. And the first week he told me three hours. The first week he told me, I want you three hours every day in the church on your feet praying in tongues. The next week he told me four hours. No sitting down. And I was glad that uh, the church has nothing comfortable to sit on. Because the temptation was not so strong to sit. The fact that the church is near the road, everything has dust on it. So, already the conditions were, you know... <laughs> good for the commandment. Spend four hours. Next time, the next week, he said five. And let me tell you, friends, I would walk five hours. I remember one particular day, I prayed eight hours. And I was not tired. It's as if when I finished, I felt, oh, why continue? I started when the church was empty. Second week, somebody came and joined. In the morning, I said, this one. Then I noticed Villagers began to walk around the church to hear me pray. Two people came. By the third week, we got five joining me. And one man walked up to me. Said, you man, you can pray. How do you do it? How do you do it? When a person asks you that question, you know that you have started entering the school of prayer. If then if somebody has asked you that question, don't be happy. You don't know anything. 
You don't know anything. When somebody takes an eye on your praying, something is happening to you that is supernatural. And I do not know how many of us desire that place. I don't know. I, I do not know. I, I, sometimes I think that we, we are so okay with, you know what? We have devotion. Hallelujah. Family devotion. Amen. Church devotion, those 30 minutes before the service. That's okay. Hallelujah. We are praying. If you are depending on those two things. Bye bye. Oh my God. I would reach points when I have tarried in prayer. You have prayed for three hours, four hours. And the spiritual realm is open for you completely. completely. God is pouring thoughts in you like a river. You are seeing things. You are hearing. It's like you are connected to everything. I remember those moments I would worship and cry and roll on the floor and jump and scream. Open my eyes and I see people in the windows looking. And I say, God, no, I'm not going to pay attention to that. I was alone with you. And then they are all standing at the door waiting to see who is this guy. Or sometimes I would, after praying, I just get a bench and lie there and meditate and they look at the window to see have they gone. The moment I say they have dispersed. Because there's nothing. I, I stopped to go there because now people had begun coming in the morning. And I was losing my privacy. There's something about privacy. There's something about alone. Breaking that fellow ground people is going to cost you something. And one of the biggest disadvantages with fallow ground is that however much you sow on it, you can bring a bucket of seeds and pour them on fallow ground. (laughs) You cannot get much out of it. No farmer puts good seed on fallow ground. I'm telling you, one of the things that has caused the fruitfulness of believers or the fruitlessness, the lack of a show of what they have received, the word that is sown in our hearts every day we read our Bibles, every time we are you know, listening to messages, and then some of us are on Facebook, are on YouTube, are on whatever, looking for messages, listening to messages all the time. But you 
look for the harvest. And the seeds are dying on hard ground. The birds of the air are coming on that hard ground and eating up the seed. You hardly remember anything you receive because you are casting seed on hard ground. Let me tell you something, people. A man or a woman who sprayed up a word, one seed can fall on them and bring such a harvest that is so big in a short time because they are cultivated their hearts. How can we have the word of God which is so powerful which God said that you shall live by his word and receive that word and not have the harvest to live. Tell your neighbor the ground. The ground. The ground. I don't care how much you memorize scripture. How much you know the Bible. You have read it cover to cover. Wonderful. wonderful. Oh, well done. But let me tell you, cover to cover with hard ground. The birds of the air have a lot of food to eat. A lot to eat. But cultivate a praying spirit. Break the fallow ground. And see what the word can do with you. How far it will go with you. One simple word from above will shift you. And you'll also say, hey, The word of God is not important. It's our hearts that are dry and hard. We have refused to plow the ground. And some of us, we have plowed one meter squared when you have ten miles, ten square miles hard. Say now, let me one square meter. That, that square is your meter. prayer life. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Meanwhile, you are thinking about your gut. You are thinking about your breakfast. What am I going to do today? Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Every day. That square meter. Potential during for you to have oh, that spirit that you may plow your, your He's life. waiting on you. Let me tell you, gentlemen and ladies, all ladies and gentlemen. I may have offended some people. Let me tell you. This plowed ground. Takali ne dime kabali. 
this plowed ground, when it is plowed, and by the way, when you are plowing, no one will know except you that you are plowing. No one will know. You know these things of the spirit do not, they are not magic. Today, I got into new territory and you immediately see that I am and everybody is saying, wow, that one is in, no. As I said earlier, that when you hit new territory, new ground, and you, you will feel it within you. You will know it. That I am on new territory. Something new is happening in my life. You alone will know. And if you continue with that consistency and, and that tiring power, and you're able to plow the biggest area of your life, when the rain comes, when the rain comes, when the rain comes, that's what makes the difference. When the Spirit of God will move upon you and give life to the seed sown in your heart on cloud ground, then you will see the potency of the word of God. Its ability to give life to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have an interesting dog at home. It follows me everywhere I go. All the time. Sometimes I feel it's nagging me. You know, sometimes you want your space, right? You, I don't believe in those songs. I don't believe in those songs. This dog is ever on the bumper. Um, so, sometime back, I would pass in the compound praying. They began all of them following me. Following me. One by one. Like, I think the, it began with the cleverest who, who decided to realize man. I think this guy is going nowhere. Let me just sit here. One by one, began to sit. Then this one refused. It began to... I said, what's wrong with this dog? And then I told myself, let this be my encouragement. Let me wear it out. I will not stop until it is worn out. I prayed that night. I was stretched properly <laughs> to get that dog to sit. Now that's a good thing. Mm. And I think some of you need some something on your bumper too. To give you some tiring power. There's a lot of sleep in the church. There's a lot of weakness. We pit ourselves. We pit ourselves. 
in our self We are weak and we don't know that we are weak. You think you are praying mm. a lot. You don't know. Who are you? If they show you where God wants you to be in prayer, if God shows you a kind of life, he wants you to live. You realize that it is you limiting yourself. Let me say this and then we pray. Uh, I don't know if some of you have read Revelations chapter chapter 8 about the seals when John looked up in the heavens and he saw in the throne the lamb standing and he saw one that sat on the throne and the 24 elders and then he saw a strong angel with a scroll with seven seals if you can remember that story, I don't want to get into it now to, to read, but if you want, you can study it. Seven seals. Now, as you know, in the Old Testament, or in the past, in the Roman Empire and in the Kingdom of Israel, when something important was written, like a will, they put it in a scroll and sealed it. The seal was just a string. The seal was a string that is tied. Then they put on the wax on the tie, on the knot. They put on wax. And then they put the signet or the ring, whatever they use, whatever you have to show that it belongs to you. Okay? So normally what used to happen was when a person was about to die, many wheels were written until the final wheel. So the final wheel, he had to call the heir, the execution of the wheel, and five witnesses to be there. And the will is declared, it's written. The heir, the executioner, the five, all of them tie a string. Those will be seven seals. Now, that's what John saw. He saw a scroll with seven seals. And we know that definitely the executioner and the heir of the will is the same person. We know that also the witnesses, the five witnesses, is the same person. Because that will was written in heaven. So this happens where the angel now declares who in heaven is worthy to open this book. They are looking for somebody worthy. And there was no one, the Bible says, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Now, listen to the words of the Bible. There was no one in heaven and on earth. There was no one. Why? How come there's nobody in heaven? Listen, and the Bible says, and John, when he saw that, the Bible says, he wept very much. He wept very much. Not just weeping. It was deep crying. Deep 
cried. When he wept very much, the angel told him, stop. The lamb is worthy. How come they said there was no one in heaven? Wasn't the lamb in heaven? How come after he cries, the lamb is revealed? That's what I want to bring to your attention. Because there's something I want to share with you. The lamb is in heaven. Jesus. But at the time the angel asks, there was no one found. Until the prophet John gets into weeping prayer. Through that weeping prayer, the son is revealed as the only one worthy to open the scrolls. Are you following me, friends? You're you thinking, Andrew, where are you going? This is where I'm going. This is what I'm saying. Listen. John had to participate in the spirit for Jesus who was hidden before the foundations of the earth to be revealed as the heir, the only one worthy to be heir and executioner. Are you coming with me? Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9. Eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. Neither have the hearts of men perceived. The things God has prepared. Everybody say prepare. For those that love him and are called. But these things have been revealed by his spirit. How does the spirit of God reveal these things? Does he just reveal them? No. He said in his word, call upon me and I will answer you and show you. Did you hear that? John chapter 30, Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 3. The seals the revelation of the sun. All of that was unveiled by prayer. This is what the Spirit of the Lord told me. When I was studying that portion of scripture recently. He said this, there are certain seals upon our lives. That can only be broken by a certain level and amount of prayer. Listen. There is a will of God written about you. It is in a scroll. And it is sealed. There is a will of God written about you. The perfect will of God. It is hidden in the heavens. Hidden. Like the Bible says in Colossians 1.26 about the hidden wisdom of God. Hidden in heavenlies. 
It's not available on a normal day. But the function of prayer, the work of prayer in your life, like John who comes in the spirit and he weeps very much. Revelation chapter 8 verse 5. He wept very much. And then the access was given to the scroll. The truth of the matter is listen to me friends. The will of God is birthed through prayer. Say it with me. The will of God is birthed through prayer. And if your life has seven seals on it and you're playing games, you're joking. There is a way of seeking God that will bring you into the access of the will, the perfect will. The perfect will of God for your life. The perfect will. Whether you have haters, whether you have enemies, they will not, they will, they can't do anything. You have crossed the line of that contention. You have entered the place where the will must be executed without fail. I'm telling you, you will see your enemies. And that's all you do, just see them. They can't touch you. All you want is this prayer that brings forth. I need a financial breakthrough. Lord, where are you? You will not pray those prayers. Because the moment a man is positioned into that place where he has access to God's perfect will for his life, the Lord is pleased to execute every detail of it. He's pleased. Prayer are the wings that carry you to that position. The biggest challenge we have today is what we call options. Options. You, you see people are seated looking at me here. But if we just go through ourselves genuinely and sincerely, you realize that there are people actually who are not bothered about God's perfect will about their lives. There are people who just want to make it. No matter how it happens, as long as I have a good life, I make it. That's all. One time I said on this pulpit that if some of you knew God's will, your God's perfect will for your life, you You'd be so shocked because you are so far from it. You're in the wrong career, you're in the wrong place, you're in the wrong home, you're in the wrong relationship. If you just 
I'm telling you. If you would, but you are so far. The seal is still sealed. So what is happening? You are busy making life happen like a mere man. Looking at what is better. This or that. Which job is better? Which one will I choose? Then you can you consult your career guider. But you don't consult the Holy Spirit. You know that. You don't. Everything that is coming to you as an opportunity is not in the will of God. But you don't even see it. Because you are so far from prayer. So far from that position. What happens? You end up living like a mere man. Thank you, Jesus. It is this one. Amen. Hallelujah. That is what the apostles were doing in the upper room before the Holy Spirit came. <laughs> They threw, threw a lot. They threw a lot. And they got Matthias. They chose Matthias. We have never heard of Matthias after that. He was their man. He was their man. But when they got the spirit, God spoke to them and said, separate Paul. Paul is mine. Separate Barnabas. That's what the Spirit does. He shows you the perfect will. These things that Pastor has been sharing with us, the natural life, Banange took away natural life. There is a vehicle that can take you out of the natural life to the life that you are just dreaming. Is it really there? It is there. The vehicle is called prayer. Serious prayer. Not devotion. Not devotion. They wake you up in the morning to pray. Even start drooling like a baby. What do we do to get people in prayer? Pastor Karugaba, we should get buckets of ice water here. Have you ever to be like <laughs> Amen. You have to go beyond. Beyond the, the usual. Beyond the usual. In Isaiah chapter 40, is it 45? God spoke to Israel and said that you have not worried yourselves for me. No, not for me. Mm-hmm. 
How was it there? Oh, very busy day. I don't know if I'll make it for the overnight. Simanye. I'm just going to come by faith. Simanye by faith. Come overnight. The way later by faith. When will the day come that you will come fresh for the overnight and be tired for God through the overnight? And you go to work saying you people, it was a tough night. But worth it. Worth it. I mean, think about it. You come intact. Patients went in the morning. Pastor Karugaba will give a testimony. I'm just trying to investigate to see. Patients left home in the morning on Friday. She had a little makeup on. By the time she came back, was the makeup on? It had disappeared. Yeah. You know, it had gone. But somebody comes with makeup in prayer and lives with it intact. How? Did that person have a burden? How do you come with makeup and live intact? <laughs> okay, that one could be a joke, but you, you know what I'm saying. We don't wear ourselves on the altar. The Bible says, bind the sacrifice upon the altar. God says, I have made a covenant with those that have made a covenant by sacrifice. He has made an agreement. Those who have made a covenant by sacrifice. You come to the altar of prayer and you are a sacrifice. How can a sacrifice live intact? Tell me how. How does a sacrifice live very intact? Makeup on, hair smart, what, you are Isaac, eh? you just got on the altar a little bit and then they took Bind the sacrifice on the altar. Let's learn to come before God. Remember the scripture Pastor shared last Friday. In Lamentations chapter 2. To pour your heart like waters. Pastor made a statement. He said, those who have gone far or deep with God have learned to power the heart. I do not see how a person powers the heart and they remain looking normal. When Hannah did that, Eli said, hey, we have drunkards in the morning in the house of the Lord. By the time you think a woman is drunk, there's something happening with the way she's praying. Because I'm praying like this. She would have understood she's praying. There was a certain level of desperation and expression of emotion that when Eli looked at Hannah, he just said, we are finished. Desecration in the, in the temple. Look uh, at it. Uh, how long shall you people 
he began to Eli was a soft man. He did not know how to rebuke people. He just complained. He sees people doing bad things, he just complains. When he saw Hannah, he said, Hannah looks at the man and says, Something is killing me. I'm pouring out my soul unto the Lord. truth of the matter is you can try to pour your soul and you will see how hard it is to pour your soul. Have you ever tried to just start to pour your, your heart out? You have ever tried? No, Jezako. <laughs> have you ever tried? And it's not coming. It's a journey. It's a journey in the spirit. If you decide to take the journey, plow the ground, you'll reach a point where you, what, you reach the critical level where everything in you breaks. And you start to pray prayers that are like water. Water. They just flow out of you. Let me tell you the truth. People who have learned to pray like this are people who like to look for privacy to pray because they know what people will think about them. Privacy is number one to them. Number one. Number one. Number one. Sometimes I go to pray at a farm and I go down in the weeds and just even to hear a cow passing I get annoyed. Just to see a goat or someone, you know, straying and finding my place. It's a distraction. Because there's something you get in prayer. When you know I am alone here and I'm with God, there is a way you feel like. And when you start to practice that, Years ago, we used to have the joints of prayer here. There was a wall here. People used to pray behind the wall. Up that side, there was a tree down there. They cut it, people used to go in the corner there and put mats. Some in that corner there. And you would see how people want to just... And when they would go there, it was not sleeping. I think and then they come back and, and then, then they, they show you on fire kumbe they have just ATP. Mm -hmm. No ATP. They have food energy. It's not spiritual. Mm -hmm. hmm? People praying up that side. Even in this sanctuary. This sanctuary. Find somebody on a mat. 
like you see Mama Goreti, your mama, you know, on a mat and they're but they are alone and they're travailing with God. Today we have houses, we have bedrooms, we have what? But we no longer have privacy. We no longer have privacy. We go to pray. Our phones are on. Data switch is on. The ring volume is on. And you think you are alone. You have brought the whole world into the prayer closet. The whole world can reach you when they want to. And you think you are alone. Let me tell you, you will never go anywhere. You are lying yourself. The God who gave you the ability to give something attention also wants your attention. Let me say that again. The God who gave you the ability to put your attention, your concentration. I was very surprised when I had doctor, what is that doctor of COVID-X? Ogwang. Ogwang. He said, his weakness is that when he sits down, he can concentrate for eight hours and not even know who passed in front of him. My God. He said it on national television. So that's his weakness. I said, now, if that concentration is on Jesus himself, do you know us who think we are so distracted in prayer, if you looked at how you concentrate on your WhatsApp messages, you'd be surprised. The concentration you give the news when you are listening to news, the concentration you give, all those things in your life you love, if you just took the same concentration and put half of it on Jesus, you'd be very far. Developing a praying spirit, seeking God, is not as easy, but it is so rewarding. So the Bible says, seek him until, seek him until he comes. Everybody say, until. Everybody say, until. Until what? He comes and does what? Read it in your Bible. Until he comes and does what? And rains righteousness on you. That word until go into the upper room. Wait until you are endued with power from on high. How do you sentence 120 people who cannot pray in tongues to be in an upper room until you have not told them the exact moment it will happen. When Jesus told them, wait, they knew they were being told to pray. And the Bible tells you they went up there and they continued 
daily in prayer, breaking bread and praying, they continued in that up they were praying. Men who were not speaking in tongues were in a room without a definite time they are coming out. Listen church, today we have people praying in tongues and cannot be in a room indefinitely without knowledge of when they will come out. We want everything on an agenda. The plan. What's the plan? Okay. When do I start? When do I finish? I'm going to finish at this time and then I go and do something else. Here are many families. Peter, who, with children, they have gone into an upper room. There is no definite time. Number one, they are there. They're not doing Ramamama. They don't know Ramamama. They have even never heard of it. So they're there in Hebrew. Shalom. 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 Then they get the song of Moses. They read the song of Moses. They get the song of David. Shalom, shalom. Hosanna, he who comes in the name of the Lord. You promised to send the Holy Spirit. How many minutes have passed? Five, oh dear. <laughs> Amazingly, the Bible says they were there for 10 days. 10 days. No wonder they went 500 and 120 remained. <laughs> By now, if Jesus loved us, he would have sent the Holy Spirit. We have gone. <laughs> 380. Wonderful people. Disciples. They went back. Peter, now for him, he said, The other time Jesus asked me, Are you also going? I, told him, yes, I can't go now. If I go now, they were tested by endurance. When you are in a place of prayer and everything in your flesh wants to tell you, stop now, go. And you say, no. No. And every no brings you to new fallow ground. Every no, you step on fallow ground and you break it. That's the journey of prayer. When you go to heaven, I want you to thank Peter for those 10 days of prayer because if all of them had walked out of that room, there would be no church today. The 3,000 wouldn't have got saved that day. The 3,000 were born by prayer. Ladies and gentlemen, we are missing something when we don't pray. Something big, something mega. The will, the perfect will of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God wants you to have a praying spirit so that you plow your ground. 
we need to be plowing the ground of territories, Tueta of communities, of cities, of nations. But you do that when you have not plowed your own. So this is a clarion call. God wants to do a quick work in our lives. But it's going to depend on our obedience to pray. Your obedience to pray. Friends, what could have taken 40 years has been delayed by 40 years. Complete obedience in a moment can quicken that thing to come to you. These are the days that God is bringing the church to a place of redeeming times. Say it with me. God is causing us to redeem time. He is. That's the truth. But that redeeming of time depends on our obedience to pray. As we obey the call to prayer, God will cause seasons to move quickly and bring the church to maturity and bring things to maturity. The God of the harvest Hallelujah. I want, I want you to stand to your feet. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 We need some tiring power. The body of Christ today cannot pray unless there's somebody on a microphone doing kata kata kata. When you go quiet, they go quiet. When you start, and you're wondering what is happening. Am I the Holy Spirit here? Controlling the huh? Have you noticed? There's a place I normally pass on uh, Katale Road there. After Seguku. My pastor and I had powerful prayer. Let me first park and I check on this house of prayer. The, the volume was so loud you could hear it from anything. I walked in. I found two people in the chairs seated. Then the guy on the microphone. I came back another day to check on the same lunch hour of prayer. Same number of people seated, almost doing nothing. The guy on the altar spent finishing, finishing himself until the praying spirit moves from here and, and goes there. Until it is the church praying. We have no army. A time has to come when there can be no one here. But what is happening there, the army is at work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
But now there's rah, bah, 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 and they do rah, bah, bah, bah. When you go quiet, then they're like, yeah, there's a song coming. There's a song keep quiet. <laughs> it's time for a song. Praise and worship is about to begin. Then you shock them. You begin again. They also start. They fire up. What is this drama we are in, you people? It's as if you're connected to a generator here. Are you, am I a generator? You connect to the spirit of God. Let him carry you in prayer. If, if, if you feel your generator is weakening, kasambe, kadem. I may be listening to the Lord and I've become quiet. And then also you are beginning. Who tied our heads together? Rise in prayer, church. Rise. Put on the spirit of prayer. Put it on. Decide today. I am going to journey. I'm going to climb Horeb. Myself. I am. Horeb must be climbed. Up to the top. Lift up those hands. Lift up those hands. Open up your heart to Jesus. He said, I, him, 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 he, he is the one who gives the spirit. He is the one who clothes us with strength. He alone is the alpha and the omega of this journey. If we do not connect in him, we are not in anything but our own works. Lift up your voice and say, Jesus, strengthen my hands to pray. Strengthen my heart to pray. Strengthen my body to pray. Cry out for the spirit of prayer so that you may seek him relentlessly. May you be clothed with a power. May you be clothed with a certain mind. The mind of Jesus that refused to be wary at the cross for the joy that was set before him. Oh, he looked forward and said, no, I will not give up on this. Ask for that mind. Lift your voice and pray. May the spirit of the Lord clothe you. May the spirit of the Lord grant you grace. May weakness be kicked out. May the journey begin that has never begun. Pray. Pray. You cannot stay on fallow ground. No way, no way, no way. Oh, there is such a divine potential in every soul here. There is such a divine potential that can be unlocked. The seals can be broken by prayer. He said, call upon me and I will answer you. I release you to pray. This is your moment to just go before God and cry out to him to, 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 to 
put on you to dress you up with this grace that causes you to plow in the spirit. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. We are the generation that seeks your face, O oh God. The generation of Jacob and Israel. Father, you are not limited, my father. You are not limited to cause men to rise. You are not limited to cause men to rise. You're not limited, Father. You said in thy word, that we can run and not be weary. We can walk and not faint, oh God. We can mount up, Father. I pray that in this season of life of the body of Christ, you will cause, oh my Father, and arousing my Father of the men and the women, Lord, and arousing my Father of the spirit of prayer. Oh my father, we don't want a fair neck of God. We want to experience the yoke of the Lord in prayer. The yoke of the Lord in seeking you. Experiencing the yoke of the Lord. Recapando parikazota. Repando kateka Rosande, eye parosa, eye parosa, eye parosa, eye parosa, eye parokotaya.